Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from Every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Joining us on the podcast once again today is a man I can proudly call a returning champion now here on our Crack Racket shows. A man who began his 2023 NCAA tournament with victories over South Carolina State and Florida State. It is always a pleasure to be joined by our guest today. It's South Carolina men's tennis head coach Josh Goffey. Coach, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great, man. It's always a pleasure to be here with you, especially this time of year. Well, that's what I like to hear, and yeah. I appreciate you taking the time to chat. I know you and the guys are getting ready to head to Knoxville, so let's get right into it. Let's start with the opening weekend. You guys earn what was honestly a tricky 4-0 win over South Carolina State. We had that match on our stream, my stream in particular. I saw them push yeah. you, and I think that really helped in how you guys performed in that 4-1 victory over Florida State in round two. There's my editorializing. You saw it firsthand. Thoughts on the opening weekend? weekend you nailed it i mean i was i was very impressed uh with south carolina state you know those guys at every spot can play you know their top three positions were nails i mean they were on every ball you know and it came down to a ball tolerance thing i think that you know what hurts south carolina state is the fact that they can't play a lot of the the teams ranked 25 to 45 i think a lot of teams are scared to schedule them because they are really really talented um you know and by the time they get to this year if they're completely healthy they are They've won a lot, and they've won, won a lot in the road, and they're back into their conference season, and, and they're confident. So, yeah, our guys had a little first-round jitters, but credit to credit to South Carolina State. Those guys were, were on top of the ball. So the next day, there wasn't a, a, a major step up in, in tempo and in, in the points. It was really actually the same, you know, believe it or not, facing Florida State, which we all know is an extremely dangerous team, um, you know, and have – had their fair share of ups and downs, but they they finished the season really strong with the win over North Carolina and and uh, our guys. You know, we when we saw that draw come out, we we actually we knew the the threat that Florida State could could pose, but at the same time, we were extremely excited to draw a team like Florida State because you know we we've been in the round of sixteen for a few years, and you know we we don't round of sixteen is not our goal. And in order to make a run and to go into a place like Knoxville and get through that, you have to have a tough second round match. And we knew we were going to get it with Florida State. So and that's that's exactly what happened. Yeah, no, it was really fun to watch. And again, it did feel like your guys are starting to play better tennis, certainly closer to their best down this home stretch. And, you know, starting at the top, obviously all season long, the year Toby has had 19 and four overall. I know when we last spoke, you mentioned his strong start to the season, but you've been around college tennis for a while. To sustain that level at the top, you know, in the top singles position during SEC play, what'd you see from him all year? What do you think has allowed him to have this sort of 12-month run? Well, it's been, you know, he's kind of new to that top end of the game, right? You know, he had the talent, had the ability, it was just a bring every day. As you can see, it's still a little up and down throughout the year when he's playing at the top, top positions, playing guys like Monday consistently and so on. That's a very high level to have to bring all the time in the SEC. And uh, he's earned his stripes, but it's been a long time coming. You know, we saw Toby coming in as a freshman. He was a big, you know, like a Great Dane puppy flopping around the court everywhere. And, you know, now the guy is an absolute stud. He's He wins. You know, he, he has that it factor when it comes to I know how to win in the big moments. Um, but his game has accelerated. The, the offense is something that he's had in spurts, uh, but it's definitely something that he's a force to be reckoned with when he gets on the forehand now. And um, and that's, you know, if he's able to do that, I, I take him over anybody in the country. Yeah, no, he can play exceptional tennis, and we've certainly seen that from him all year long. You know, you talk about oh. having that it factor even watching the clinch, and I know it was just second round, and you mentioned you guys have been to the Sweet 16 now a couple of years consecutively, but 
it does feel like every team needs a Connor Thompson, not just from a results perspective, 19 and four overall this year, but that it factor. Is it fair to say he brings it to your team match in, match out? Mm-hmm. He does. That's something that he's, that's a switch that he's created. And you can tell, you know, you know, we, we see him every day. So the tell is very easy when he's locked in, you know, there's certain things that he's doing. And once, once he's got his teeth sunk into you, it's hard to get him off. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, there's times where once he's where he needs to be, I, I don't step foot on that court anymore. You know, he's a machine once he gets in that mode and it's, it's, uh, it's very hard to get out of his grasp once that's that's happening. But Connor Thompson has been an absolute leader from start to finish. That was one of his main goals this year, um, not just to be a successful point for the team, but just to be a leader with the energy and the competitiveness and the ability to stick to point to point to point all year. And he said, I'm going to do it more through action than talk this year. And, and he's backed it up. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm going to take a quick tangent here because you are one of the coaches who I often enjoy nerding out with. Cotter's got that one-handed back. Yeah, that's a compliment, by the way. It means yeah, I, I, I always appreciate I totally it. took it as a compliment. I love yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I needed to make sure. Um, yeah. You know, Con- Connor's a really aggressive player. And in today's game, the heavy ground strokes, you know, again, baseline-centric the way it is, you just don't see that sort of aggression, particularly with that one-handed backhand he's got. How do you massage those two things? How do you go about coaching that in today's game? Yeah, I mean the one the one he has its advantages and it also has its massive disadvantages and and that is the, that is the goal is how do we minimize where people can find the high backhand or the stretch backhand on them and how does he how does he knock the ball down below people's knees and then and just to be able to speed it up so you know that is there's a lot of benefits to having a one hander but you got to know how to use it and how it fits in your game and and that's been a that's been a challenge of his this first couple of years you know when to play all different levels of the ball, but it's a tricky side for people to play into, you know? And then it's like, well, a lot of guys don't like the ball below their knee with a slice to generate from there. And then it gives them the hit. And you go, he can also elevate above your shoulder there on that side, you know? And it's like, well, if you don't like those two things, well, then you got to face the forehand and the forehand is absolutely massive. You know, when he goes toe to toe on the forehand side with people, and there's not many guys that can stay in that rally with him. So he's got a nice little problem for people to deal with across the net. Yeah, it's it's a really fun game to watch, and obviously your top two have stood out all season long. Now, uh, there was a point after you guys beat Ohio State at home where I think you got up to number two in the country, and, you know, again, team was playing outstanding tennis, clicking on all cylinders. Now, obviously, there have been some hiccups since, and, you know, amidst those hiccups, whether it's injuries for various players, you know, again, James, Mm -hmm. Rafa, Jake, Lucas, they've all gotten playing time throughout the course of this year. You know, what does that do for your team down the home stretch, and what have you seen uh, in terms of the growth from your group this year? Well, I think when we got to, to two, I, we were firing on a lot of cylinders there, Kaufman, or going to Kentucky, getting that one on the road, uh, beating a good Alabama team badly, you know, seven zero, and guys were guys were firing. I mean, it was it was beautiful tennis, um, and then coming back to play Ohio State, you know, it's it is, um, you know, we got we got that nice little stretch there, and um, you know, after that, we it actually happened in the Alabama match where you know James got to sustain an energy energy injury there and at that point you know james 11 and 2 on the year there one of our main factors main points stud and dub stud and sinks now, that'll shake you a little bit uh just the confidence and you know it's i think we all look for it we, we've all playing in any sort of team environment 
you know, we have to have confidence in our, in our teammates that when we step out on court, we're going to have six guys that are fighting six, six players in dubs, six players in things that are also capable, not just bringing the energy, not just bringing the effort, but like very capable of, of taking down whoever they are and they have in front of them. Right. Well, that builds a trust and that trust also, you can feel it when a team has that trust in each other. And, uh, that's when the boys start swinging and, you know, with Jimbo getting sidelined there for a little bit, that, that'll affect that, that, that feeling. And, uh, and that's where we started taking a little dip and, you know, we were, we got to, we were 15 and two on the year and I felt like we were 80 in the country for whatever reason, um, you know, for all of our guys. And it was because we knew that, Hey, you know, we are no longer a top five team. It feels like, you know, we are still South Carolina. Our record still says we're three in the country, four in the country, but like, Hey, like, you know, guys are playing up a spot that were pretty good at their spots at the four, five, six slots. You know, but now they're playing in the three, four, five, and we're bringing in a seven guy into the six slot. You know, the depth chart wasn't wasn't really uh, you know going up a level there. Our guys were like, "Oh, okay, it's on now," and we got clipped on the road one for a match, and and that'll shake you a little bit. But in saying all of that, the positive in that is that our guys our guys got got better during that time. You know, the results were up and down, but our guys rode that experience all the way through it and and came out the other side with a lot of uh, resilience and right now our boys are are hungry whereas you know if we hung in that top tier i'm not sure you know who knows but our guys want it and they want it bad right now so take the positives yeah no and again a couple of things i want to follow up on there one thing i'm asking every coach trying to mix up the material here for you uh in this interview is i know you're a detail-oriented guy and i know you try to plan things out not just again one month in advance but you're looking to develop long term that said through the course of this 2023 season i'm curious what's been the biggest surprise to you about this group um Jeez, I mean, surprise. It's almost like you can just predict everything that's going to happen with my guys. But I think we spent so much time together that everything is kind of planned, played out. You can see it coming a mile away. But um, I, there was really no surprises, to be honest. My my greatest moment, I think, was was getting through that round of 32 match there and the way we did it. I mean, I I couldn't have been happier for our guys and just and, and more proud as a coach. These guys... You know, it's been it's been months coming off or weeks building into this, and and our guys went out there and and went toe to toe, and the the momentum in that match went back four or five different ways in the match. It was extremely high level tennis, in my opinion. I talked to the Florida State coaches. They said, "Look, it was just quality. You know, there's not a lot of unforced errors there. Once it got in the thick thick of it, it was it was high quality tennis, and both teams stuck in, and our guys just kept on throwing punches. And to me, that's that I you know. Look, if we go down, I'm, I couldn't be happier in that moment. It's fine, you know. But I just want that for our guys. And they, if we do that, look, we're a tough team to deal with. So I, um, I'm excited for what's coming. But that, that I wouldn't say it's a surprise. I just changing your question into a great moment of the season. It would be that. I have no issues with you editorializing on the show either, Coach. For the record, so do yeah, do what you got to do with my Thanks. questions. Yeah, exactly. That's just a Thanks. serve for you to go poach away. And you know, you talk about the connection, the resilience of this group. I know as much time as you guys spend off to get, uh, on the court together, a lot of that comes off the court as well. What's the mm-hmm. go-to activity for this Gamecock crew when they're spending time together off the court? And I feel like knowing you, like I do, you're in the mix and you're competing in whatever it is. God, you know us well. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> we. 
this team can play hours of soccer tennis back and <laughs> forth. And it, and it, I would have to say we are willing to challenge any other team in the country. Uh, they are, they are very good. Um, but, but they love it. It's that's a daily occurrence on the off days. It's, uh, you know, most of these guys get on the golf course and they actually, they actually tee it up. They, they love it. I feel like yeah, Toby, he's driving at least 300 yards, but I feel like you might also still take him on the, on the greens. Um, yeah, Toby's horsepower. Yeah, he's horsepower. Yeah, he's not, he doesn't really have the best game there yet. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Good. We spend a lot of time. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. No, I mean, those are the things that matter, right? When the talent is equal everywhere else. And obviously, you know, you guys this weekend, Sweet 16, you're headed to Knoxville. You get a challenge in a conference foe you know very well in Tennessee. What are your thoughts on that matchup? What's it going to take for your guys to, again, reverse the regular season result and go get a W in Knoxville? Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a tough. We had a lot of tough first sets there, and then they ran away with the match a little bit there. We lost a, a breaker 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 i think it wasn't dubs we lost uh, their three i think in the last match of doubles uh you know it was tight but the pendulum swung in their direction we didn't have our four guy in didn't have raf he was uh, at home with the flu in bed so um you know i don't know i think it's very simple we go out there and play hard-nosed tennis we know that tennessee does that chris woodruff and james mckay demanded out of their guys um they bring it there's there's no two ways about it and if you're not ready for the tennessee Vols, you'll get run over it is. It happens repeatedly in our conference, and it happens on the national stage. Their final four, two years in a row, looking for at least their third one consecutively here. So, yeah, I mean that's what we're walking into, and and they've got a a pretty intense fan base that's not afraid to jump on our guys when they need to. And so, yeah, I mean it's going to be a hostile environment, but you know we know all those things. This is all. It's not going to be a, a new environment for us. We've we've gone in there and we beat them four three last time we were there at their place, um, and a breaker in the third situation that you were calling um, that day. But it, it is a it's an environment that if you're not ready to get in there and throw punches, you're not going to get out. So uh, it's not just the one two guys that are going to have to bring it. It's every single spot having that trust amongst all six spots there out in singles coming at them, they come at you in doubles, we'll be coming at them, and it's going to come down to a few points here or there. Yeah, Ultimately, uh, that's what's going to happen. I remember that 4-3 match very, very well, and I'm sure it absolutely helps your guys going into this weekend to have won that match at Tennessee last season. Um, you know, super regional versus Sweet 16, I know we've talked about things like this before. Obviously, yep. you're in the midst of prepping for it now. What are your thoughts on the two different formats? Um. It's a, it's a valid question. I think um, I would love to have the 16s on a neutral site because, like, you know, you take it for what it's worth this year. They're not, there's not four teams that are separated at this point. There are, there are eight teams, ten teams that legitimately have a shot. And putting everybody on their uh, – on a neutral situation, I think, is, is what is – is where you're going to see the best tennis. Um you know, the traveling to another site, getting out and going, and then moving it to another site, you know, again, and spreading a tournament out for three weeks, that seems crazy to me. I feel like if it's a tournament, a tournament needs to be played. Um, so I agree with the regionals, but, uh, the, you know, through the round of 16, but I feel like the round of 16 should be in one site. Um, you're, you know, you're, you're the top 16 out of, what, 250 schools or something. There should be a little bit of a... 
everything there for the effort and and you know hey let's go play let's figure out who actually is is the best but but again i do know that you know there are you can get better crowds but that is also dependent on the location and uh you know maybe the NCAA can help out with actually getting a thousand people in the crowd and uh and make it worth it and at that point you know what great that that would be a hell of a hell of an opportunity to play in front of a crowd like that in the super regional but yeah. i'm yet to see it yeah, no, I think they're all fair points, and again, it's what, year three, I think, of the Super Regionals and with the individuals moving to the fall, certainly you feel like the NTA tournament might get played with again, and look, your team this year was the opposite of the beneficiary, you were on the other side of the ranking switch, and I'm, I'm blanking on words, again, I'm out of words here at this point, Coach, but you guys, you know, were the eight team, obviously the head-to-head, Tennessee jumps you there, how closely were you monitoring those rankings? I know you've talked about scheduling before. You want to play the best so that your guys can see the best. But I'm starting to think now, the more I go on, like, if I'm a coach, why not just always have one date in my back pocket? And, you know, it's April 2nd, and being where you are, you call, I don't know, a, an ACC team, uh, maybe a Clemson who's not that far from you and be like, hey, Let's play this match. Losses don't hurt either of us. We just need wins. Like, why not do that moving forward? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, look, I, I think there are coaches that need to, and I think especially inside certain conferences, that, that would be very smart. Um, in our conference, probably not so much. Uh, you have every opportunity to make it and, and make your own fate. You know, you, we had 10 opportunities you know, and to really have countable wins for us in that top tier that would have added points to our total to move us securely into that situation. Uh, we we didn't get, uh, you know, even if we took care of the ones that we technically, quote unquote, should have taken care of, uh, we would have been four in the country, mm-hmm. you know. And so, yeah, I mean, I looked at the points and that's part of my job. My part of the job is to is not only to get my guys ready to play, but it's also to understand how we can position ourselves in the best spots to move forward in the postseason. And that obviously includes the rankings and the ITA has a very straightforward ranking system, which allows us to make it very predictable and scheduling plays a large part in that, you know, and scheduling teams that, you know, are also going to be on point and providing you with the ranking points that you think that they're going to provide mm-hmm. rather than falling off the face of the earth. That matters, you know? And so, yeah, scheduling is a massive part of, uh, of what we do. And, um, you know, we unfortunately had had a few lows when we didn't need to this year. And and so when we hit it, we we felt like we were going to go nine and Tennessee deserved to be eight. And even if there weren't those criteria with head to head, they're the better team at the end of the SEC season. There's no two ways about it. So if you're going to go off of who's playing better and who deserves to have the eight seed, it's Tennessee, you know, but we're nine and we earn the right to go into Knoxville and steal one. So that's what we're going to do. That's why I always enjoy uh, chatting with you. Last few questions because I know you have the guys and you guys are getting to work. Same spirit because I know you're following those rankings closely. I don't know. How, how do you go about scheming? Scheming is the wrong word. But how do you go about making sure, particularly now with the ATA, uh, ATP ITA wild cards and knowing the top 20 guys are going to get those opportunities, you have two guys in Toby and Connor yeah. who they had really good falls. You're SEC. They're going to get plenty of ranked matches, so they were fine. But yeah. the guy I'm thinking of is James, who was that good to start the year. And, you know, I'm curious if you were thinking about it, how you'll approach those individual rankings moving forward as well. Yeah, with that on the table now, I mean, it definitely plays a part of how you schedule their falls and making sure that they do have the opportunities 
multiple opportunities, right? It, it is, it's not, there is a developmental aspect. We've always used the fall. I think most coaches use the fall for development, but now you have to really be on point because, uh, you know, and really with your, your junior seniors, you know, that have made those, those jumps in the first couple of years and, and are at the level, you know, if they're not at the level, go get better. But if they're at the level, you need to be able to provide them with the opportunities and multiple opportunities back to back to back to give them the ability to, to make that jump because, um, it, it is an amazing opportunity. God, I mean, there's so many great players that come out of college that get lost in Tunisia and the qualities and, you know, and so on. It's these guys get a, a nice taste and they even get a look, you know, whether they win rounds or not, it's the fact that they get to see what that, that middle top tier of the, of the best players in the world are doing, you know, by getting a couple of those wild cards, whether it be in quality or, or in Maine, that is, that in itself is, is such a gift from the ATP and the ITA and that collaboration um, when I heard that, I was like, man, this is, this is, this is the key for the guys to keep coming into college and, and really have this be that incubator for the ATP tour. And, and now it kind of solidifies it. So yeah, in that fall, it, it matters now. Results do matter. Whereas before we never put a premium on those. Yeah. It, it's going to be fascinating to see how all sorts of schedules are shifted. I think about like the NC state plus one women's event that just I, Simon has like run the numbers and it's like, if you play that event, you are 60% more likely to make the NCAA tournament. And it's just, will we see a wave of those sorts of things? Um, obviously, oh, yeah. you know, this season has been a really fun year in college tennis. And there are so many different storylines, so many different things we've highlighted for fans to follow. I'm curious for you, and I've asked this to every coach, is there a team, player, you know, coach, storyline, whatever it may be outside of your own program that has particularly impressed you this year? Um, I am impressed with the fact that Georgia got through the SEC unscathed. That's, you know, that is impressive. Um, you know, a lot of things have to go right. They're a good team and they've picked up, they've picked up steam as the year's gone, as the year's gone on. They, you know, going from, I feel like we are also part of that. Manny, thank you. You can definitely send that check to uh, <laughs> to my office. Uh, but, you know, they, they lost to Illinois, and then they took us out first round of indoors. And from there, I did feel like they they really started getting some confidence there. Some of their lower-end guys that were maybe lacking a little confidence uh, really picked up some steam and have not looked back. And that is, that is why they've been able to be really good. They've got a really, really solid – five, six right now. And, and, uh, but it, very impressed with those guys. And, um, you know, we get to see all those guys, but they're probably the most impressive out of everybody. Yeah. And also happy for Cedric, you know, that they've been knocking on the door for a couple of years here and what they did at the SEC tournament was very impressive. And if those guys can bring that, you know, they have another shot like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I, yeah. And I know you, I'm sure you are keeping your eye, everything, whether it's that, I'm sure you're keeping your eye on the Blue Devils as well. Nice to see them bounce back. There are a lot of different ways you could turn. Like that's why I want to ask because no, that's true. Look, yeah, Ramsey, Ramsey and I are tight. We've uh, we've been texting back and forth all year and and firing each other up and and picking each other up and the whole deal. And and that is that is one. You know that's that makes me very happy. And I I know that Magic does a really good job there too. But TJ Pura, I saw it in the fall. You know TJ is the the volunteer there and. You know, that is, I saw it in the fall and I was like, this, this guy is going to bring some serious energy into the Blue Devils here this year. And I think it's definitely paid off. Yeah, it's, it's been a great year. Well, again, last two questions for you. You sort of alluded to this earlier, 16 teams remaining, Super Regionals this weekend, really good tennis ahead. You think there's a clear cut title favorite at this point? 
No, not at all. Yeah. To be totally honest, not at all. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, I gave you my pick over at indoors. Yeah. That didn't really work out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I, I, I honestly say I don't, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I don't think so at all. I think it's, you know, it, going down to Orlando, playing in the muggy, you know, Orlando swamp there, it is, it is a different beast down there. And there are a lot of good teams and it's going to be a war of attrition. Who can be off the quickest, who can be the most efficient in the first couple of rounds. It's going to have the, have the nod in the finals. I feel. Yeah. It, that's again, why we're so excited for this weekend, because it does feel like every match is a toss up. You can make the case to four points for every team in every match. Um, all of that said, before I let you go, Obviously, it was an exciting year at South Carolina, not just with the results you guys have had on the court, but you got to open the indoor facility. You got to rock and roll with it. Um, talk to me about the luxury that is having those indoor courts. And particularly, it felt like it was a rainy spring. Just talk to me about that new indoor My facility. God. I feel like we played indoors more than we did outdoors. This year. It, was, <laughs> yeah. it was very rainy. and I feel like it was everywhere. Uh, the indoors, man, that is, uh, it is a beautiful place. Uh, you know, Kyle Spencer from NC State walked in and goes, well, there's no home court advantage here. This is too nice. <laughs> um, and, uh, <laughs> and he kind of with that. I was like, really? Um, yeah, it, it is a gorgeous place. And, and I know that my family is very appreciative. I'm very appreciative because we don't to play great teams. We can now have that home and away on the schedule, you know, which we used to have to travel to play anybody uh, inside the top 20, you know. And so January and February, I rarely saw my family in the last, you know, 11 years. And so – it's been awesome, and we can get teams on the schedule like Ohio State now, and we've just got Virginia on the schedule in the coming years and so on. So it's, it's, it is a very exciting situation, but that is, that's the major benefit is we get to schedule some of the top teams now. Mm-hmm. You alluded to that comfort level. If it's 8 p.m. and it's nice enough, are you still practicing outdoors under lights, or will you just play inside at that point? Because I always like, – I wonder – especially with Maytime, that's the southern west coast advantage, right, is that you can play outdoors at night versus someone up north where you just don't – like I always say, I played outdoor tennis under the lights three times in my life because at that point, why wouldn't well, you just go indoors? Because it's an outdoor sport and it's well, fun outside. Yeah, <laughs> when you don't live in Michigan. Uh, but in Michigan, it's indoors six months of the year. That's true. You're right. You're right. Yeah. No, it is. It is a look. It's a benefit, and I we love it. I think that you know the outdoor tennis. There's something about it. There's something about the physicality of it, and mm-hmm. and it it is uh, just you know having a nice a nice sweat and getting out there with your boys. There's something about it, you know. Yeah, because it's an outdoor sport. I take offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to that. I mean, first of all, anyone anyone who struggles going from outdoors in actual conditions to indoors in perfect conditions, I'll never understand. Because it's like you realize we're inside now. Like it's this is the easiest tennis, and so that's never made True. sense to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, you have a valid point there. I mean, to be totally honest, yeah, it's like. Maybe I'll use that with my guys next time. I'm like, what are you complaining about? There's yeah, no, there's no factors in here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the ball's exactly where it's supposed to be. Come on. That's my pitch. It's yeah. like, is it too easy for you? Is that the issue here? Uh, but no, coach. I always appreciate you taking the time to chat. Uh, obviously, wishing you and the team luck this weekend. And obviously, I know you guys have a couple of individuals that I'll see in Orlando, regardless of what happens. So, not jinxing it by saying, looking forward yeah. to seeing you and the guys down there. And good luck to you and the team this weekend. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me, man. Of course. Take care, coach. See you. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy college tennis fans we have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season of course a shout out here at crack rackets to the man who makes all of that possible our super producer daniel westoff who has a f- of an editing job to do day in day out a shout out as well to our dear friends at turna for their support turna tough best grip in the business you can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today with all of that said for our fantastic guest our super producer daniel westoff our friends at turner and from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy talk to you all soon thanks everyone